dads. Welcome to Big Dad Energy, the journey of parenting and adulting through the eyes of two young dads. I'm your co-host, Joe Lopez, and with me, as always, is my co-dad, Jared Chismansky. Jared, how in the heck are you? I'm great, Joe. I'm doing real I'm doing real well. Doing real, real well. It's uh we we're doing this on a Tuesday because the Monday after the Super Bowl got to be too much for us, so we uh <laughs> we couldn't uh we couldn't make it happen. So um doing it on Tuesday, I feel much better. We'll talk about Super yeah. Bowl a little bit later, but I found myself to be a tad bit hungover yesterday, and that's not a feeling I've had Woof. recently. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it was. I think it was the liquor. I don't drink liquor all that often. I had like that one <laughs> liquor drink, and I was like, "That's it. Right. That's the game." That was it. So I'm good. Wow. I, f- I felt nothing, but that's good. It's because you're an alcoholic, Joe. I know. Boy, I shouldn't be. Now. Uh, how well, are you doing? Good. Well, how was your Tuesday? It was good. It was good. I uh, I was in the office today, so that always makes it a really long day when mm-hmm. you're when you have to get up and and go to work. You know, I haven't done that in. A really long time. Right. And then, in fact, actually, I'm going to be working from, you know, starting in March, I'm going to be working from home full time. So I'll never have to get up and leave. And it's going to be amazing. Right. <laughs> I'm never going to leave my house again. That's it's awesome. going to be fantastic. Oh, gross. If coronavirus goes away, eventually, I'll be able to go to the bar again. That's really all I, all I need. I miss the bar. I miss the bar so much. That brings me back to my you're an alcoholic thing from the beginning of the podcast, Joe. I know. God, we've got, we got to move away from that. I hate the bar. That's kid, I, That's a lie. I just want to go hang out with the boys, have a beer. Just so I was chat. thinking about this. I was thinking about it uh, I, I had Sunday, actually, when we, were, we picked up food from a brewery for a Super Bowl. Again, we'll talk a little bit more. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, I haven't gone and just checked out like a beer list in so long. That used to be my favorite thing to do is just mm-hmm. go and and see like, hey, what what beers are on tap? What are, what are they what are they putting together here? Right. What's happening? And I have not in forever. I haven't gone and and seen what's up. It's an old, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, one day one day we'll get back and we'll have delicious bar food and have some beer. I know. It. And and it doesn't. It won't even matter. The world will be better. We'll forget all about day. this. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. <gasps> I'm sure they said that 100 years ago. Yeah, right. We are. How was your Tuesday? How, how are you living? Uh, not too bad. Um, it was pretty mellow. This week's not crazy busy for me at work, which is really great. Um, just got some projects to work on. Uh, I've, um, i trying to think if there's any, like, things around the house that i need to do there's like really nothing this week is actually like super low key which is kind of nice we can like put on a tv show finally and just binge i so it was so funny leading up to like yesterday because katie actually went out to dinner for a friend's birthday yesterday um Mm. and so last week and like getting the house ready and getting stuff over for for everybody to come over on sunday and i say everybody you and kayla come over on sunday (laughs) um getting the house ready and getting everything cleaned up and then like um there was like we had you guys and katie went to dinner and we we're like wow there's so much social interaction now i feel like there's gonna be a lull like we're gonna go back to doing right. nothing because it's still it's still pandemic we don't we don't really go anywhere um and it's crazy that we had two social interactions and now we're like oh exhausting <laughs> exhausting yeah it's uh it's, it's nice to see people though um but like this week, like I said, there's nothing going on. Kayla gets her second vaccine on Friday, so I'm just kind of prepping for the weekend to be a lull, too. Like, I'm yeah. prepping that she's going to have the bad reactions that everybody out there is getting. Isn't that crazy? Um, My sister's uh, school district, she mm-hmm. they closed her school down because all the teachers that got vaccinated, like, got sick. Wow. So they, they like, I mean, had to cancel school. Makes sense, yeah. It seems like it's kind of hit or miss. People are either getting the reactions really bad or they are just are doing fine. Right. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm planning for Kayla to get, you know, knocked out Friday and be down for the weekend and then pick it back up Monday, but maybe I'll be surprised. Nice show weekend ahead of you, huh? Oh yeah. It's going to be great. We're currently, uh, we just started the Queen's Gambit. You guys haven't watched the Queen's Gambit yet? No, no. We finally yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday I was like, let's just put on the episode. Let's just bite the bullet and watch it. And it's really great. 
you're going to spend the weekend playing chess. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fan- It's such a good show. I can't believe you haven't watched it yet. It's so good. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm glad we're picking it up, though. It's, uh, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. You guys were being show hipsters, didn't want to watch what's popular. It's true. I was like, what is so great about this show, about this girl playing chess? Like, what, what about it? I'll give it to you. I was a hater. I was a hater at first too. Cause Katie, it was one of those times like Ben was pretty young still, like maybe two months old or a month and a half old, like where we were just sitting around on the couch and he wasn't really doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. and Katie just put it on and she's like, Oh, my coworker told me about this and just put it on. And I was yeah. like, okay, whatever. And then I, we were both hooked immediately. Like yeah. I, I was, I was, I was a hater at first. Like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this. Like the queen's gambit. What's this? Like an extension of the crown, which we also finished in quarantine <laughs> because we've watched every show on Netflix. Uh, right. And, uh, but I mean, it's so good. It's such a good show. You're going to love it. Yeah. I'm excited to finish it. So we started the second episode before I came on. And then after I'm done, we'll go finish it. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Oh yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's nerd week for uh, for Kevin and I so, but yeah, the problem is, and here's the problem. And I'm gonna give it to you. Ben again is like he's waking up every 45 minutes. So mm. through all these sleep studies we've gone through, like and sleep studies, I mean like our research on the internet, right now right. he's like going through a cycle where he wakes up. So they get in a deep sleep and then they wake up at 45 minutes and then they're supposed to fall back asleep on their own and sleep again. Right. And mm. Ben just has decided he's not going to do that. He's just not going to fall <laughs> back asleep. So it's like every 45 minutes is I like, we have to go in and rock him a little bit and get him back to sleep. Um, so it's been, uh, yeah. So it's tough. I like as an adult, I understand I need to hang out with my son and like be there for him. But as 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 me, I want to play video games. So like, <laughs> kids cramping my style. Right. One day you'll get there. One um, day when he so, turns like eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he turns eighteen, or when he play video, when he can play video games with you. That's a good point. That's a great Maybe point. He'll do that. Then he'll kick your ass in video games. I don't even want to think about it. I know he is. I know he will. <laughs> I know he will. Um. So Sunday we went over to your house, which was amazing. Ben's so big now; it's crazy. Isn't he large? Uh, we actually, Ben's big, but Cora is large. That girl she is a chunk, and not even like a chunk. Not like like she is just like a, a small human now. She's a real small human. She is. She, she walks like walks around. around. She, she talks. She, she like she talks. It's it's crazy. Like she just is. It, yeah. she she's like you pull the string on the back of a car and just let her run right like yeah that's it she just goes she, and if you have crazy. a dog she'll pet it that's true and lay on the dog bed and uh <laughs> and sleep on Following the, dog, the bed. dog bowl she she's crazy yeah it's it was nice to see i mean like her and ben didn't really interact she didn't really hang out with ben much but sure. it's gonna be cool once ben's mobile to see to see them go i uh Katie sent me a picture today and he's like sitting up on his own. Um, mm-hmm. and slowly every day it gets a little bit longer. Um, and today it was sitting up for like a, a quite a long time. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like he's going to be crawling in like a month and he's just going to go yeah. and just crawl. It's going to be crazy. He's going to, he's going to take off. It's great though. It's fun. It's fun to just watch them move. Yeah. Uh, but Cora, you have to be like, okay, now we actually need to watch her move. Cause she's going to fall down <laughs> the steps. Fair, fair. <laughs> uh, I I will say the coolest thing about Cora is like she can she kind of play by herself, like with supervision, mm-hmm. obviously. But like she can play yeah. by herself and kind of entertain herself. So if you are cooking dinner, as long as you're keeping an eye on her while you're cooking, like you can still do that, and she can play by herself. Like Ben still needs like one of ours attention all the time. Right. Yeah. Especially especially right now, he's going through this like I can't be alone phase. So. Oh yeah. He's uh. So it's it's. I'm I'm excited for him. Obviously, you want to cherish every moment, but I'm excited for him to get a little bit closer to Cora's age, where like he can play independently for a little while, mm-hmm. um, while also at the same time being a very small child and very cute. Yes, definitely. So I had one big regret from Sunday. Okay, hit me. Uh, I regret not eating more wings or not taking any home with me because they I were knew delightful. you would. I knew you would regret <laughs> it. I told you. 
So background. I, mean, I promised Joe that I would get him the 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 set of fifty wings, and I didn't find out until Saturday that the restaurant that serves the fifty wings was closed on Sunday. It makes no sense. What a disappointment. What a it's disappointment. A matter, we talked about this at the party, but like and again, I say party. This was me and Joe and Kayla and my wife Katie and and our children, and that was it. It was it was a and DeRosa. Na- and DeRosa, your you're right. Who's my child? Who's my other child? Yeah. Um and we uh so anyway, we talked about this on Sunday. Mediterranean food is like built to share. Like it comes mm-hmm. in large servings and it's big things yeah. of rice and meat. Like it's built to share. You'd think on a Super Bowl Sunday, they would be into making large piece, like large chunks of food to give to people. Right. They weren't. And they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. But the wings were wings, delightful. I couldn't do it. Thank you. So we pulled an audible, got Griffin Claw food, which, which was phenomenal. Um, Wait, and I, you, you pulled a book app? No. You said audible. audible. Oh, I'm sorry. An audible, Joe. Joe, it's it's still the week after the Super Bowl. I can use football references for like one more week. Move those chains. Thank you, Joe. An audible is when the, the quarterback changes the play at the line of scrimmage. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's you pick that bad. Up? <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Uh, Joe watches the Super Bowl in a very interesting way. He uh, he keeps a book of uh, of football phrases. In, uh, in his pocket, and then he just pulls one out every now and again. When something happens, if the room is cheering, Joe just pulls one out and says, like, oh, darn it, you know, that's a f- penalty. Right. Throw a flag. <laughs> so that's all I got. It was good, though. But, the uh, Super Bowl sucked. I'm, I'm not going to dignify it with any football talk. It was it was not a good Super Bowl all the way around, So except if that's you're a, a Tom Brady fan. So yeah i'm sure jordan's uh, gonna listen to this and say that it was phenomenal but it was bad <laughs> we left i think an hour after it started right around there and yeah. i feel like i don't even remember anything that happened during that first hour i'll be honest so. i the halftime show was pretty all right it's pretty good did you make it home really? in time for I, the halftime show i know we came home and put on sesame street of course you did it's because your child <laughs> stays up to like midnight <laughs> Oh my god! Nuts. I heard that the halftime show is terrible. Everything I'm seeing is like not great. Oh. Maybe I have a different different opinion. I, I let us know because I like I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was pretty all right. The weekend has huh. like three good hits, and he played all three of them. And in that, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, he played all the good songs he has. That's that's okay. That's it. He played the hits. Huh. Well. It was uh, it was fun. It was nice to hang out with you guys. It was nice to eat some good food. Uh, I'm glad you guys could come over. Yeah, it was a great time. It was good to just like, I love the Super Bowl because I can just snack all day. Like there's there's not really like meals, right? There's just snacks right. or d'oeuvres all the time. So this, so I think I actually I know we've talked about this before, but like the Super Bowl is is my party that I like. Like I yeah I told you like next year I'm gonna do like a prop bet sheet and we're gonna do a whole bunch of stuff once COVID's over we can invite more people. Um, yeah. But like I love it. I love the food. I love the the. It's the only day where I will cook all day and I have no mm. like issues about it. I'm not upset. Like you you know me. I'm not a cook, but right. like Super Bowl day, Super Bowl Sunday, I'll cook all day barbecue cook all, cook air fry deep fry all that mm. stuff Mm-mm-mm. now we have to that wait another great. year for it to come back actually yeah that sucks uh, we're getting to the point in sports where like once the super bowl hits and then hockey like ends a couple months later like you get a little bit of hockey but it ends a couple months later it's starting to go downhill all the sports like is starting to go downhill and then there's baseball all summer but nobody watches baseball i mean Who's going to watch all those games? <laughs> it's useless. Yeah. So we got really so nothing until really football no comes back around. Hang out. Yeah. Well, well, the Oscars are coming up in a few months. Okay. Is there anything I should be watching? I don't know yet. Do you we want to do an Oscar recap? Do you want to do an Oscar recap episode? Is that going to be oh, on the, on the docket? Yeah. All right. I will, I will do... April, but. If you can do a Super Bowl recap episode, I can do an Oscar recap episode. <laughs> I'll say It'll things like, 
yeah, the filmography was great. And um, that'll be it. <laughs> this, I don't even how know about that's that a... score, huh? Yeah, yeah. How about that lead actress? Fantastic. 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 Or, uh, uh, yeah, see? I'll, I'll come up with my own list of, of phrases and send them back to you as you talk through all your all your rewatch movies that you yeah. spend a month watching beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll plan for that for April. When do the nominations uh, come out? If the show's not till April. I think beginning of March. So okay. usually usually the Oscars are like right now, February oh. to March. Um, but because of COVID, they pushed it back to April. And there's really like guidelines for the Oscars where in order to be nominated, you have to premiere in a festival in New York or California. And then you have to play in, I think, at least 10 movie theaters across the country. And then you can be eligible to get an Oscar. What? Um, what? Yeah. What? So, what the hell kind of rules are these? Yeah, yeah. So this year they changed it where now any movie can be eligible for the Oscars. Wait, it has to premiere at a festival, you said? So yep, like it has to pre- the Marvel movies like, pre- premiered at festivals before they got their yeah. Oscars. Yeah. So is it premiered? It's either premiered or needs to be playing at one of the festivals because that makes more sense if it's playing at one of the festivals because movies premiere all right whenever yeah. Um. So they have to play at one of these festivals in New York or California. Well, only like six um, movies came out last year. It's gonna be like all yeah, Netflix so that movies way, now. Right, so they opened it up for the 2020 that any streaming movie is eligible, which mm. never, like, they've never said that. All the movies on Netflix that have been nominated for Oscars in the past sure. weren't originally on Netflix. They were bought by Netflix after they've already been filmed and everything. So the this year's going to be crazy. Interesting. Yeah. If you say it's going to be crazy, I believe you. I have no idea. It's gonna, I have no it's clue. Nuts. Just you wait. We'll talk about it more in April. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Well, give me some news. All right. I got I got one news story that's just right up your alley. Like, if there was a news story that was for Joseph Lopez, this one is for Joseph Lopez. Are you Perfect. ready for it? I love it. Hit me. It's titled, Yes, and Clean Your Room. Okay. <laughs> It's basically saying that improv comedy can help us be more patient and attentive with our kids and help them be more resilient and open with us. Okay? I love it. So the New York Times wrote about it. So the reason that this is, for those listeners who don't know, Joe is an improv comedy legend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's a legend. It's true. true. But Joe did did some improv comedy for a while. What, last year and the year before? Yeah? Yeah. I started improv... In 2018, I think. Oh, wow. 2018. And I did it. Let's see. I moved in this house in 2019. So, yeah, I did it for a year, just over a year. I went through a whole a whole course in improv uh, at Planet Ant in Hamtramck, which nice. is amazing. Uh, shout out to them. Planet we Ant. love them. We love them. Uh, and I stayed with my troupe that I started with. Me and my troop went on. We became Dusty Bunny. And after we graduated our course, we had a reoccurring show once a month in downtown Detroit. Nice. Um, you know, not many troops go out after their classes and keep doing stuff. But we kept doing stuff, which was cool. So, yeah, I I love improv. I'm a big fan. I think this is a great article. Do you think it, do it does it think? Yeah, let me rephrase that. Do you think it makes you a better parent? You feel you feel good about it? I think, you know, it, it kind of does because it, it lets you think on the fly. I mean, kids' imaginations, like, once they get to that four or five, like, are, are insane. Like, they sure. are just, like, shouting off random things. Like, whatever they think, they just do. So if you can be witty and kind of go right along with that and just kind of have a response to a question that they have or they say, like, Dad, now you're the princess and you're about to be ate by a dragon. Like, you got to like, go along yeah, with it, yeah. right? yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it also can give you the opportunity to really talk with your kids, you know, teach them some games, you know, small games and maybe make those games into cleaning, cleaning games. Yeah. Right. Pipe dream there. (laughs) I think, uh, uh, so the, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the principle of improv is going along with everything that the other person says, right? Like it's never saying no, basically. Correct. Um, Yeah. I I think that's super important with kids because 
it really leads you into like it's just like you said their imaginations are wild and you don't ever want to stifle it right you don't ever want to tell them mm-hmm. like no that's not happening unless of course it's dangerous um but you know you want to go along with it and you want to i think that's the key it's like it you don't have to be an improv comedy legend but like if if people are going out and like you just have to run with it right and even at younger age like yeah. with ben i'll be playing with ben and like he's looking for me looking to me for entertainment and i just kind of have to be creative and just kind of like i don't know make something up on the fly he has no idea what i'm saying but right. like he, you have to make it fun and you have to make it like exciting and whether or not it's anything it's probably not but then you just go with it and run with it yeah yeah definitely so i think that's great i think everybody should go do improv well there it is there's your your (laughs) news story everybody go everyone go take an improv class everyone go do improv at the very least it will help you be a better communicator amongst the people you hang out with anyway okay right on right on i can i can dig it right on yeah 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 so uh, go do it. I think you should. I think you would really like it. Yeah. One yeah. of these days when I find time, maybe after COVID's over, I'll, I'll go take an improv class at Planet Ant. I'm maybe. not too far away, so. No, no, you're not. And Planet Ant's great. Keegan-Michael Key started there. That's true. Uh, the uh, the guys from the Detroiters started there. So uh, it's a pretty big deal. Planet Ant's a pretty big deal in Detroit. Well, there it is. There's your there's your free plug. Go, uh... Go take an improv class at Planet Ant, everybody. Everybody. You hear me? Everybody. Everybody right now. Um, but yeah, cool. I like it. I like it. I like that news. I think that that'll, that's something fun that... Uh, I knew that one would be up your alley. Out. Yeah. Um, well, what do you say we jump right into it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we talk to your wife. We talk to Katie, and uh, we finally get to hear Katie's side of the story. You told your part way yep. back when... Uh, you literally had my heart racing when you were telling your story. Me too. Uh, <laughs> from everything you said. So I'm anxious to hear what Katie has to say. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to hear what she has to say because I'm excited. We're gone. <laughs> I know. Pa- I'm excited. So. I think uh, I think her side is going to be informative. She's been itching and, and dying to tell her side of it because I think she said I forgot something, so I can't wait to hear what she said I forgot. Um, and then, uh, no, I think it'll be great. And, it, again, these these things are always great to hear from the other side of the story, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the really cool part is just listening to the other side of the story, just hearing it from – I mean, personally, I was going through my own thing, and I was in my own lane the whole time, right? I couldn't yeah. put myself in her shoes. So it's always cool to hear the other side and say, like, what was it like being you in that scenario? And then, you know, comparing mm-hmm. and contrasting those, those experiences. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, let's, uh, let's jump into it. Let's get in. Let's do it. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our special guest. This episode, my wife, Katie Cogger, Katie Cogger. Yes. Your wife, Katie Cogger. I haven't been Katie Cogger in what is it? A year and some months. It's almost two years. Thanks for remembering. Two years. You're, there's Cogger somewhere in your name. Technically, on paper, my name is Catherine Elizabeth Cogger Schmansky with a hyphen in there somewhere. But not my last name is not hyphenated. It's my middle name. But, but anyway, I am your wife, Schmansky, Catherine Schmansky. I am here. Hello. Hello. Uh, so, obviously, we, Katie was on, uh, what was that, back in December? Yeah, it had to be. Ben was like teeny, but not super teeny. So, yeah. Um. Well, and we, you know, we had Kayla on a couple of weeks ago to do her own like solo piece. So we figured just right that we bring you on and do do your little solo piece and let you tell your side of the story. So, which makes sense because I also was pregnant and gave birth. So it's only fair. Yes, I was there. I remember. Were you? <laughs> yes. So speaking of me being there or not being there. Why don't you go ahead and just tell all the people what I forgot since you, uh... Oh, so much. It was, I mean, granted, you went on the podcast just a few days after Ben was born and recounted your side of the story, so it was all fresh when it happened. But listening to you do it was so frustrating. I was, like, pulling my hair out because it just wasn't... It wasn't wrong because it was your side of the story, but it wasn't right. 
So I'm excited to set the record straight in my own words tonight. Well, good. I uh, I will like to. I, I'm sorry. I would like to put in a disclaimer that I was running on like three hours of sleep. Oh, less than that for sure. Not even three hours of sleep at night. I think since Ben like had three been now. Born, yeah, I think since Ben had been born, I think I was getting you know like 45 minutes of sleep a night. So. Which is really great for you, considering I hadn't been getting any sleep. So 45 minutes is mint. So speaking of not sleeping, you uh, you hadn't slept basically your entire pregnancy either. So why don't no. we back all the way up to the beginning and kind of tell us yeah. you know, how it all started. Well, you've mentioned it before on the podcast, but Ben was not, not on purpose. We were not planning on having a human. We were planning on traveling a little more, saving some money buying a mansion stuff like that yeah nice easy chill stuff yeah um so i think that made things a little bit more challenging because we weren't in the mindset that that was that was a big life change for us and we weren't expecting it um i had a difficult pregnancy definitely not as difficult as some other people but i had morning sickness all day every day my routine was like wake up puke Try to eat something, drink some water, puke, go about my day. Um, some days were better than others, but um, that was really challenging. It made sleeping hard. Um, Man, I remember uh, from like from a dad's side, I think it was probably like, so we found out in December mm-hmm. and the the morning sickness didn't get too bad until I would say January. Yeah, yeah. We had a few weeks after we found out where I felt normal, really. Nothing changed. And then like mid-January came around, um, which would be... Out of nowhere. Yeah, I guess like one year ago right now Mm -hmm. was when it was the worst. um, Because like out of nowhere, you woke up and couldn't eat anything. Couldn't keep any food down. Yeah, and I had thought originally it was like the stomach flu or something. It was right around the time actually that COVID like was starting in the world, you know. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got like this stomach bug or whatever (laughs) this is. And then it turned out that was just pregnancy. Um, and I was in grad school at the time, which made it extra challenging because... Pregnancy was, is a stomach bug, by the way. It's just a very different one. Yeah, like a parasite stomach bug that stays there voluntarily. Um, yeah, it was a really... It was difficult for both of us, I think. I I definitely am the person who does more around the house, like the cleaning, the cooking, the grocery shopping, the meal planning. And I that none of that was happening anymore, so... I went from doing everything to like laying on the floor eating popsicles and you kind of had to pick up all the slack. So I think that was a difficult time for both of us. And that was just the beginning of the pregnancy. And then COVID really hit and I had to go to all my doctor's appointments by myself. So I think that made pregnancy challenging as well, Um, especially being a first time mom. I didn't really know what to expect. And I have a huge needle phobia. So I had to like do all of my blood draws alone and everything. That was so tough just knowing, you know, knowing you and knowing that like yeah. you were so freaked out about the needles. And I remember I was able to go with you that first time you got blood drawn. Yeah, because that was right when we found out I was pregnant in December. We went for a blood draw. It was like right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really good to have you there for the first one. It kind of made the other ones less scary. But still, as someone who has a needle phobia, I like still I'm like sweating, having anxiety, thinking about getting my blood drawn again. But I remember that first time I got my blood drawn with you there. I said um, I told the phlebotomist that I would rather give birth than get my blood drawn. And she was like, honey, you just do wait. And I was like, mm, girl, you don't know. How do you feel about that now, post-birth? I would definitely get my blood drawn over giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you have you stayed sane. Um, yeah, I mean, other than being sick, COVID was what made pregnancy really challenging, especially at the end. Like, um, I ended up having a small baby shower. Like, Kayla was there, and my mom, and my sister, and my good friends, Margie and Ellen Anna, um, and that was really nice. But I just didn't have a normal pregnancy. I mean, we didn't have a normal pregnancy. It was just super isolating. We moved at the time, too. Um, yeah, it was just uncomfortable, unpleasant. Yeah, I, uh, after going through like Kayla's interview, the one thing I would say that stood out the most to me was like how surrounded they were and like. Yeah, I don't feel I feel like we missed that part of it because just COVID, right? We were just isolated in our own home. And 
Oh my god, Artemis. That's being a comfort kitty right now. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that separates our pregnancy from a lot of people pre-COVID. Um, I mean, really the only person that I had been close to that had had a baby, babies, was my sister. And so I, I based our experience largely off of what happened to her. And hers was so different because she had her husband there, you know, and I got to be there with her for everything. Um, so, so pregnancy. Okay. At the end of pregnancy, you give birth. Oh, is that what happens? Huh. Um, well, hold on before we jump into, into giving birth. So yeah. like you had like crazy morning sickness and it yeah, was, yeah, it yeah. was awful. Um, when did that like start to subside? Um, say probably a little bit before 20 weeks, you know, like about halfway through, right. When we were starting to move into our house, like around when we closed on our house was when April. Yeah. It started to like subside. Um, but I had, at that point I had been used to it, you know, like I knew Starbucks unsweetened black tea and a salt bagel from Einstein with strawberry cream cheese could cure anything. So. Well, and it def- definitely lessened, right? So if oh, I, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, it was like real bad in January, like January, February. Yes. And then it started like as March kind of crept along. It got a little bit better. Like it would be j- like one puke in the morning, and then January was so bad. I remember you couldn't get any food or any water down. I had to get you Pedialyte and basically force you to drink it, or else you were going to the hospital. Yeah, I just remember there was one day you were out of town. I'm not sure where you were, but I was like at my parents' house, laying in bed there, like crying in the dark. And then I tried to drive home and like puked in my car, and my mom had to come out and like rub my back and clean me up and send me home on my way. That was. Ugh, it was so awful. I really hope next child, nothing like that happens to me. No, I agree. I agree. But I think the after, so once that horrific, you know, morning sickness part, the rest of it was pretty, I don't want to say yeah. easy because it's not easy, but, you know. No, other than that, I mean, I definitely didn't enjoy it. I wasn't one of those people who was like, this is so magical. I feel so inspired. Um, I, I mean, I was stressed out all the time. Like whenever there was like an hour where he wouldn't move, I was convinced something was wrong. Um, people, strangers kept telling me how tiny I was, like my entire pregnancy right up until 40 weeks. And that gave me a lot of anxiety because I was not tiny. I might have been smaller than some other people, but like I was pregnant, nine months pregnant, you know, and it's kind of insulting to tell a pregnant woman she looks tiny. I had somebody I babysat last summer and I had a mom at the park come up to me and ask how far along I was. And I told her I was due in a couple of weeks and she was like, oh, my gosh, is everything OK with the baby? You're so small. What kind of person does it? I and OK, I I'm I was there when this story happened. I wasn't at the park with her, but yeah. I, I, you know, she came home and told me the story. And I'm going to say the same thing I said then. What kind of person says that? Is everything OK with the baby? Don't ask that question. Not normal people. People think, especially women like maybe our parents' generation who have already been pregnant and they're past that now, they just feel so comfortable like asking you anything and stating anything about your pregnancy. It's very strange. Our generation is not like that at all. But I think I think that's a good thing. I think we're getting yes. better about like being discreet. Oh, for sure. Well, so the end of my pregnancy wasn't very eventful. I was I was pregnant. That was it. Just not sleeping. But we had moved into the house, so things were a little bit more comfortable. But um, so I had an appointment. Um, what was it? The day of my 40 weeks, the day of 40 weeks, I think, like right when I was like 40 weeks on the day. Right around. Yeah, it was right around. So he came on his due date, like directly on his due date. He was not early, not late. He arrived precisely when he meant to. Yes, exactly. Good reference. Well, he came, he, my due date was the 28th, and he was born at 2 a.m. on the 29th. So. Correct. But I had a gynecologist appointment the 28th, I believe, at like 10 a.m. So that night before the appointment, I woke up, and for the first time, I felt like in pain. You know, like mm-hmm. I had been having contractions and Braxton Hicks for a few days, uncomfortable, but this was the first time like I woke up and was like, Mm, this might be something you know and that was around 1 a.m on the 28th right mm -hmm, on the 28th on my due date and i sat up on the couch you know just looking at stuff on my phone 
Um, I didn't wake you up or anything because I knew it wasn't it, you know? It just felt, it was different. Um, and I drove myself to the, go- the doctor's appointment at 10 a.m. And that was the appointment they put, like, monitors all over your belly. And, like, you can see your contractions happening and the baby's heartbeat. And you press a button every time the baby moves. And because of COVID, I, like, had a mask on. I, you know, I weigh, like, 50 pounds more than I normally do. I, I hadn't been to a doctor's appointment no. with you in, like, six months. It was no. awful. I, like, couldn't breathe at all. And I'm, like, sitting there with my mask on and this giant monitor on my huge belly in a room by myself for half an hour. And, um... When the doctor came in, she was like, oh, yeah, you're having, like, consistent contractions. You're actually going to have the baby today. I was like, what? And she was like, yep, you know, you know, if, here's what you do. Here's the number you call. Um, This is the doctor on duty tonight. I'll probably see you tomorrow. I was like, oh. Was she that certain about it? Because I, I oh, remember yeah. you called me after and you were like, the doctor thinks it's going to be today. Oh, yeah. She was like, yeah, you're going to have the baby today. I was like, oh. I didn't know that. Yeah, that... I just remember you calling me the, like, yeah, she thinks it's probably going to be today. And in my head as a, as a man, I was like, probably today, probably tomorrow. That means it's going to be next week. No, because I was dilated. I don't remember something, maybe four, three, I don't know. Um, but she was like, every th- the membranes are gone. Like, you're giving birth today. So I drove home from the doctor's appointment by myself. And, I mean, I that was it. We were like... Well, so I remember we went to your mom's. That was later in the day. Yeah. We, we hung out for a little bit. I don't think I was really in pain. I was super uncomfortable, you know. Oh, we went for a walk around the neighborhood. Did we? I think so. I don't... That's... It's weird. Between the doctor's appointment and going to my mom's, it's like blacked out. Like, I don't remember what happened. And then we went to my mom's to bring the dog around dinner time because we knew that it was going to happen tonight. And well, and things had starting to kind of progress, right? Yeah. So like, but when you were at the doctor's, they were like every like maybe ten minutes you were getting a contraction. Oh, yeah, we were so bad at monitoring them, but yeah, I don't know. The, the day just kind of it just disappeared. Like, but then I remember sitting at my mom's and like, I did not want to go to the hospital yet. I was not emotionally ready. <laughs> But, like, just being in pain, like, every contraction, like, hurt. It was bearable, you know? Like, I could talk through them and everything, but, like, I knew it was, like, we were going to give birth that day. I would like to, uh, I would like to take this time, since it's just me and you, um, would you like to admit to the world that I was right and we should have gotten to the hospital? No, because we waited until, like, 8 o'clock to go to the hospital, and I do not regret waiting because I'm glad we didn't have to sit there for a long time. I would, if you uh, don't remember my my story, I was very much the classic, uh, the baby's coming in a movie scene, like where I was like, okay, it's time to go to the hospital. Yeah, Jerry was like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, and I just knew I wanted to labor at home as long as we could. I did not want to go. I was just not emotionally ready. Like once we went, it was real. It was happening. You know. I'll be I'll be honest. I was less afraid that we were gonna have the baby at home. And more afraid that you were going to miss the window for the epidural, even though you hadn't decided if you wanted it or not yet. Yeah. I was afraid you weren't going to get that choice. I would have been totally fine if I had accidentally had the baby at home. Well, and I'm sure we'll talk we'll talk more about it later, but like, and then the epidural didn't really help anything. So I read so many birthing books. I could have, we could have given birth at home, but whatever. We as That's in you, neither I, here I was nor not there. mentally stable enough to give birth at home. So... We drove to the hospital around 8. Um, you talked about this a little bit on yours, but triage, you had to sit by yourself and I went back. That was definitely one of the worst parts of it for sure. Um, I was My contractions were so bad. I was very calm. I like was never crying, never screaming. You know, I was super quiet. I was very calm. But man, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. It hurt like a motherfucker. Like, oh my God. Like, I can put Preach, myself sister. back in like that triage room just thinking about like how horrifying I felt and I was I was so nauseous at the time and I've said this to a couple people I was so scared to tell them I was nauseous because COVID you know I didn't want them to like be like oh you're sick you have COVID you know and then then we would have had to give birth with a mask on they might try to take the baby you know so I was Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't tell anyone I was nauseous and um they checked to see if I was dilated and the nurse couldn't figure it out. So someone else had to do it, which just made oh, me remember, more nauseous. I remember that. she, The first nurse came in and tr- measured you to see if you were dilated. And she yeah. goes, 
well, I can't tell. Yeah, she was like, like, oh, I don't know. We're like, what? Isn't this your job? And she's like, yeah, I have to go get some help. Yeah, so I was just, and I had started bleeding then too. Like, I was having horrible contractions. I was bleeding. I was nauseous. I was, like, nervous. It was really stressful, you know. Um, Yeah, that was probably one of the worst parts. And then I ended up puking McDonald's. Oh, that's what we had done before we went to the hospital. That's right, that's right. We ate McDonald's. I don't eat meat hardly ever. Um, and I wanted chicken nuggets from McDonald's and some hot mustard and a Sprite. And I would never recommend to do that again because I vomited that up all over myself in the hospital bed. You would never find a pregnancy craving more strong or stronger than. The worst part was when I got in triage, she was like, have you eaten anything today? I was like, yeah. And she was like, what did you eat? And I was like, I don't want to tell you. And she was like, oh, what was it? I was like, it was disgusting. It was McDonald's. And she was like, oh, good for you. I was like, oh, thanks. Okay. okay. And then I puked it all up. But triage was definitely horrible. Um, that was when I think it was just starting to hurt so bad, like everywhere. Like it's not even a specific thing. Like it just like everything hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I started panicking and thinking like, like it's going to get worse, you know, it's. I would say triage is it was the first time I realized that we were alone, right? Like through COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, again well, talking about yeah. If it hadn't been COVID, my sister would have been there with us, which I think we both had wanted. She had mm-hmm. given birth at Beaumont twice, and she's a very calming presence. And it would have been nice to have someone there with us to pay attention to stuff, so we could have just been in the moment, you know. And we didn't have that. It was literally just the two of us, which I don't know. It was tough. I I mean, I'll be honest. Obviously, next time will be different because we'll be better prepared. We'll know what's going well, on. But... We can talk about that a little bit at the end. Like, next time will be very different. But, yeah, it was scary just to be just the two of us. I felt like there was so much pressure, so many decisions. Um. So, when we, after triage, when I got in the bed, um, they said they wanted to break my water because it was super low, which originally going into the hospital, I did not want to do at all. I really wanted no interventions at all. Um, but I was in pain and I was scared and they were like, oh, we're going to break your water. They didn't even say, hey, do you want it? They just kind of said it. And I was like, sure, whatever. Do it. You know, sure. I just wanted to be done at that point. Yeah, they didn't really ask. They were like, hey, no. we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, it just kind of even know like kayla said they she like saw a hook thing i didn't even look like i was like detached from that i like really hate medical procedures and doctor's offices freak me the f out so i was kind of trying to like not be present for that you know um and really the only relief i had was they gave me a numbing injection in my lower back And immediately after that, there was, like, a wave of, like, it just took so much pressure off of me. And that was, like, the only moment I felt good all night. Um, Nothing else after that felt good. Um, Ben's blood pressure dropped at some point. Right after. So So, they broke the water. Yeah. And then they did the epidural. And then the blood pressure. And then his heartbeat dropped. See, I don't even know if that's the order of how things happen. And it all just happened so fast. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden, everything was fine, and then it wasn't. And then I was on all fours for, like, an hour, which felt like five minutes to me. Well, and I don't want to, like, blame COVID, but I feel definitely like they rushed it. You know, don't you? Like, that's we had neither of us had any idea what was going on. And since it was our first baby, we were just kind of like, okay, whatever. You know, like, stuff just happened, and we were like... Well, you're supposed to trust the doctor, right? Like, that's... I know... You should think through, you know, like, make the plan, but... Well, we had our birth plan, too, and everything on our birth plan was, like, no epidural, no water breaking, no inter... blah, 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 you know, and I don't think we got it out of our bag, because as soon as we got in the room, it was, like, stuff was happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But that was really scary. When Ben's blood pressure dropped, they, like, stabbed a needle in my arm of some drug that I... Since now, I texted my friend Anna, who's a pharmacist, um... Like, a few weeks after we gave birth and was like, hey, tell me about this drug. Um, to slow labor, which I wish hadn't happened because I feel like we would have had birth a lot. We would have come out a lot faster if that hadn't happened. But, um, 
yeah, so that whole debacle happened, and it felt like it was only like five minutes, but I feel like that was like an hour. It was hours. Yeah. Hours. And then I started, they sat me up like straight up after I'd been on all fours for a while, and I was like, I feel like I have to poop. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's just pressure. And I was like, it's still there. And she was like, let me know if it's still there. I was like, it's still there. And they went and got the doctor, and he was like, okay, time to push. He was super chill. Mm-hmm. The RN person, like the, what was she? Labor and delivery nurse. No, not her. Like, there was, like, a learning person, you know? Oh, I think they're called attendings. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, she's, like, a doctor, but there is was still learning. There like, three learning. people. There was our labor and delivery nurse, the doctor, and, like, her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I pushed for two hours, but it didn't feel like two hours. It felt, like, two minutes. Oh, it felt like two hours to me. It felt like two, two I days. I was just kind of laying there with my eyes closed, like, getting cold owls on my head i would like to point out and i don't know if i mentioned this my la- in uh when i my retelling but katie was a trooper a Thank trooper you. she did not scream it wasn't anything like the movie she wasn't That's a, yelling it was like it's surreal like it was just very chill you know what i mean like it was just happening like no one was yelling no one was like they were like great job every time i pushed they were like oh do you want to push how's it going how do you you know I wish in hindsight we had like put music on or had our AirPods or something mm-hmm. because in between pushes it was just kind of like, how you doing, you know? But towards the end of the pushing, like you could, I could feel his head like move down from wherever it was, like to in between like my pelvis bone. And that was like the most painful thing for sure. Like, cause there, there's like, that's your bone you know like there's a very small thing and he's like shoving his head through there so that was the worst part and then the doctor kind of yanked him out of me and then Mm -hmm. i thought we were done you know like this sense of relief washed over me i was like oh my gosh like physically there's so much pressure off of you and then but alas it was not that's where my stress began yes um my labor and delivery nurse was like holding my hand they put ben on me and he looked at me and i thought he looked a little bit weird but you know, he just came out um, and I said hi to him. And then my labor and delivery nurse like let go of my hand to hold Jared's and she was like, it's OK, it's OK. And I was like, oh, God, is he going to pass out because of blood, you know, or something? And I, I don't think I even really could tell what was going on. Our labor and delivery nurse was so calm, you know, she was just like, oh, he just needs a little help breathing. They're just going to like put him over there. And I was like, oh, OK, whatever. But like Jared was panicking. And I didn't really, like, I didn't even know what was running through my head. I was confused. It, I don't know. It happened I swear, fast. it sounds bad, but, like, the hormones made you drunk in that moment. Like, you had gone through so much and yeah. so, like, worked so hard. And then you, like, were just so relieved that it it was done. I don't think you even realized, like, I I kid you not, 10 nurses and doctors came into our room. It was, like, I was kind of, like, blacked out. Like, I only was, like, focused on, like, I could only see what was in front of me, you know? Mm-hmm. It was very strange. And this was the second time I think I w- wished other people were there because, yes. like... Yes, oh, for sure. I would have done anything to have, like, my mom or Abby or somebody there, like, with us that was, like, who knew us, who was mm-hmm. there for us. Um, Especially after, you know, they fixed up Ben, he was breathing fine, and they said Jared could go to the NICU with him. But then I was all alone by myself. I mean, I had my labor and delivery nurse, which was great. But still, like, it's not, it's no substitute for, like, your person, you know? And I had to get stitches. I had a second degree tear. And I had to deliver the placenta and everything all by myself. And they gave me a drug to deliver the placenta that I didn't want. But I didn't even know it was happening until after they gave it to me through my IV. And then I got numbing shots because the epidural didn't work for me so I could have stitches and then the numbing shots didn't work. I kept saying like, ow, ow, ow. And he was like, oh, sorry, almost done. And I was like by myself through all of that, which kind of sucked. Um, And then Kayla just kind of like went for it and like had a bowel movement and peed and everything by herself. And I did not. I, like, thought I was going to throw up as soon as I stood up. I couldn't believe they even just asked me to stand up after all I that. Know they were like, go walk to the bathroom. I was like, what? What? You hadn't stood up in <laughs> no. six hours. No, I was like, holy shit. Um, so I had a, a catheter and everything to pee. And then we got wheeled to recovery, which was also really shitty, I thought. We our, were... our recovery nurse was awful. No, we were both tired AF. 
we had a new baby we were responsible for that we didn't even know. And I felt like shit. (laughs) Neither of us had slept. I hadn't slept in over 24 hours when we gave birth. Still haven't. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it was just really shitty. And Ben had gone to the NICU. He, like, wasn't breathing for a while. So we were both kind of like. I I think the hardest part, like, yeah, he he was in the NICU, which was really tough. But the I didn't know that. Okay, the nurse had told me he was okay, right? But I've never gone through this before. I've yeah. never seen it before. So I never grasped that he was okay. Like, I feel like I spent the first, like... Well, they kept telling us, too, his temperature was really cold. And we didn't do anything. Well, I didn't do anything. We didn't do skin-to-skin or anything. It just kind of was like a blur, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, our whole birth plan was just, you know, ripped up and thrown away. For better, lack of a better term, but... Yeah, that was almost the worst part was just like sitting there waiting to go home. I think it wouldn't have been as bad if we could have had friends and family, like just someone coming, bringing us hot food that wasn't hospital food, you know, or like a warm coffee or someone to hug me. I'm going to just give you guys a a little advice. Bring your own food to the hospital. The hospital food is disgusting and we were only there for a day. See, and it wouldn't have been as bad if you could have like left... There's like a Wahlburgers right there and like a little vegan grocery store. There's so many things, but they kept saying, don't, you know, you can't like go and get food and come back. And then I would have been alone if you had anyway, because guests weren't allowed in the hospital because of COVID in America. So, so it was just the two of us. No one could come see us. No one could come drop anything off. It was just us and what we had with us. And we underpacked and overpacked at the same time. Yeah, we definitely didn't have the exact right things we needed, which, of course, you won't have the first time you try it. But it was the other crazy thing is, too, like the doctor kept saying, we're only going to have you here for 24 hours, which we wanted for two reasons. One, like we wanted to go home. Oh, for sure. And the second, like it still was COVID. You know, we were in a hospital. We don't want to stick stick around a hospital for too long, like in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, they kept saying, too, they wanted to like recycle people out. They don't want you hanging out there longer than you have to. But when we eventually got discharged, which couldn't come soon enough, that was like the first time I cried at the hospital when I was just waiting to leave. I just wanted to go home so bad. I wanted to shower. I wanted to go poop in my own, well, try to go poop in my own bathroom, <laughs> um, which is really scary when you have stitches there. Jared's brother had had some butt problems too, and I feel like it's similar. Like if you have anything happening down there, like trying to push out a poop is the scariest thing. God, I hope I never run into that problem. I, I hope you don't. It's really awful. But if you're a mom out there, or if you're going to be, sits baths are a must. No one told me about them until my friend Molly, her husband, used to do them all the time when he would have, like, poop problems. And she was like, oh, you should do that. And that's the only thing that, like, saved me. So get those in advance. They're little tablets. They're amazing. <laughs> All right, well, let's get away from the poop talk. Um, hey, it's part of it. You're right. You're right. It is a part. All right. Well, so we were home. Getting home was amazing, but recovery, like Kayla said, was like one of the worst. I'd say that's probably the worst part is recovery because you, you mm. think as soon as you give birth, you're you're done. You're free. You know, you've done it. You're like that's heal, reaching right? the yeah. goal. But I mean, if you have stitches, that's a thing. Like your uterus and your belly shrinking down is another thing. Um, just all the emotions and hormones, like getting used to your new life. And then on top of all that, you're responsible for a human being while you're trying to heal. It's That was the most overwhelming and stressful part. I can't believe that we as a society like expect new moms to do all of this stuff when they literally have a dinner plate size wound in their uterus. Well, so when you hear that this experience is magical, you know. It's not always the most magical thing, but at the end you get a baby and he's amazing and he's adorable and we love oh, him to death. Oh, for sure. So. Like, I mean, this was almost six months ago now and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love Ben. He's just my, my little guy, but wow, it's a journey to get here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to put it, but wow. All right. So I have two questions. Okay. You already said uh, the absolute worst part, so... All in all, was labor longer or shorter than you thought it was going to be? So I labored for like about 24 hours, but I feel like I feel like my labor was pretty bearable. So I don't know if it was necessarily longer or shorter than I thought it was more. It wasn't as big of a 
I thought that would be one of the biggest problems, but it wasn't compared to other things. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then my, my last question is, you know, what would you do different next time? Wow. What wouldn't I do different next time? <laughs> Number one, um, get a midwife or a doula or both. Um, I love my, my uh, OB practice or OB things. And I don't think we had a bad experience with our birth, but I will not do that there again. I think we'll find like a, a birthing center or midwife center um, or some sort of all natural. Beaumont does have an all natural birthing wing, but um, definitely a different care provider. Um, we didn't do any birth classes, any preparation. I mean, I read you like that birthing book. Yeah. That orange one. Um. But we were not prepared at all, so I would definitely do some prep work. I would like to say, like, we weren't necessarily, like, we couldn't go to a class because we would have to do it online to do the birthing class, like, because of COVID and stuff. And that was just not helpful. Well, and COVID wasn't there right at the beginning. So, like, in January and February, we were like, that was the first trimester still. So we were like, oh, yeah, we'll do that, you know down the road and then all of a sudden COVID hit and everything shut down Mm -hmm. and then towards the end of our pregnancy is when everything went virtual online but by that point we were like we had we're almost done that far you know so um so I would do that differently definitely prep I would have somebody there 10 out of 10 even if it was COVID I wouldn't I would have someone there with us that we know Mm -hmm. knows us to be there for us um I would have the one thing I would ask from all my friends and family is the hot food after the baby. We tried to cook. I remember like maybe it was the first or second week after he came. We tried to make pasta, mm-hmm. which should be a simple thing. And it was horrible. Um, so shout out to my mom and my sister and Margie and Joe and Kayla for all the food. Everyone who gave us food. That was like the most amazing gift. So I would ask people for food. Go bake a go bake a lasagna for your pregnant friends. We said this to Kayla too, but go go bake a lasagna for your pregnant friends. Oh yeah, um, and then I would definitely have like a therapist after birth, like on speed dial. Would do that differently. Um, maybe be rich and like hire a night nurse or a postpartum doula. Yeah, let's just be rich. That's easy. Let's cool. just do that. Unfortunately, all these things that you need to have like the birth that i want and the recovery i want require money like a lot of money especially because insurance robs you and they don't take care of the things you need them to take care of they really don't i'm very i mean we still haven't gotten our bill from the nicu at beaumont just waiting for that our our insurance denied part of that but we haven't gotten a bill so that'll be a fun surprise in a few years when it it pops up I'll be looking through our credit report and all of a sudden it'll be that bill that never came. Mm-hmm. Thanks, American healthcare system. Shout out to Australia and uh, Finland. <laughs> Agreed. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I um, I think, you know, it's a little bit different. This is just Katie and I chatting about, about this, but uh, it's nice to always to see the other side. And I know I, I said this at the beginning and I'll probably say it another time later in the podcast, but, you know, it's always just really nice to see the other side because I was sitting in my shoes, right? I was there sitting in my shoes and, and it's just really nice to see the flip side of it and, and see, you know, how it was from your chair. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's your side and your perspective is very important, but I feel like it's really hard to understand like the other side, especially like the birthing person side. And I feel like we do a pretty good job of communicating about it, you know, and like talking about how the other one feels especially in this scenario but not everyone has that line of communication open so all you men out there remember this well there it is take your lessons (laughs) away from it thanks so much for coming on katie no problem awesome well thanks so much everybody for listening that uh that was a really really good interview i'm really happy with it i think uh i think we learned a lot i think there was a ton just talked about and um again it's just always good to hear the other side of it like that's that's the biggest part is it's always just really good to hear the other side of the story so um oh for sure for sure i uh thank you katie so much for for coming on and and doing that uh i know reliving it is probably a little uh not traumatizing but i probably don't really think about it day to day 
It's always um, a little stressful, right? I know. A little stressful, especially for you guys. So thank you for coming on. We really, really appreciate your time and coming on and uh, and going through that again. It was it's awesome. Um, so if uh, thank you all so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. We appreciate every listen, every uh, review we get. Please reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts, your your feedback. We really uh, like to hear all of that. So thank you all so much for for listening to us again this week. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Uh, remember, keep up with us on social media. We're uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Big Dead Energy Pod. So toss us a follow there. Uh, actually, Katie is the one that's been revamping our Instagram and getting all the all the Instagram content out. So she'd really appreciate it if you'd go out and give her a follow. Uh, if you really like this interview, keep keep working with her. Um, so find us there uh, wherever you're listening right now. Just leave us a like, a subscribe, a, a review. That always just helps us. Helps us with the discoverability and find you know bringing other people into the podcast. So, once again, thanks so much for listening. I'm Jared Schmansky. I'm Joe Lopez. And remember, click your tongues twice before you use them. Dead.